he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. If you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the Lawrence Ross Show. You sound a little taller on radio. A two-hour weekly exploration into the mind of a man who calls it like he sees it, but he can't see his audience. So what if I'm blind? At least I don't have to look at your ugly face. Want to interact with this fool? Call or text the comment line. 813-602-2715. Hope you enjoy the program because no refunds will be issued. And we'll do it live. I took a course in Hallelujah. I went to night school for the blues. Well, I took some stuff that said would the Lawrence Ross Show. How's it going, everybody? Sorry, I was a little late on the intro. I was to talk a little bit. I was just checking something. We're all good on that. Hello, everybody. Thanks, guys, for Welcome to the program, everybody. Very happy to be here tonight with you on this beautiful Friday. Hope everybody had a really nice week. And I just want to say that it has been quite some time, but finally back in the saddle on an affiliate that uh, very happy to be back on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very happy to be back on RadioChaos.net. Thank you very much to station owner, Mr. Don Pontius out of Texas. Don, hope you're doing okay, man. Uh, hope you're surviving well during these very tough times. I know that uh, I know that you guys had a really rough winter storm a couple of weeks ago. You guys are going to manage through it. It won't be a problem. You guys got this. It's okay. Y'all got this. It's all good. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so any, for anybody who may have uh, missed me on Radio Chaos, uh, used to be the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show. Uh, but uh, the guard has changed, and now it is just simply the Lawrence Ross Show. And if you'd like to uh, catch up, you can uh, go to youtube.com forward slash waterhead. You can check catch up on the archives. And if you want to hear the new stuff that I've been doing, just go to either iTunes or Spotify and check out and just type in the Lawrence Ross Show. And you are ready to go. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Hope you enjoy the program. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, just want to uh, send out a very special... Uh, I want to send out a very special message. Stand by.
playing that because, well, A, I like the Beatles, and also because I can't play Happy Birthday. Well, I think I, le- you know, I think I could, but it's just that the strange thing is, Happy Birthday is copyrighted. Did y'all know that? I always find it to be kind of weird, which kind of makes sense why whenever you go to, to say, like an Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever, and it's someone's birthday, the wait staff comes by and they do their own version of the birthday song because... Yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've always played it kind of strange. Like, like, like if you do happy birthday publicly in like a public setting, you got to pay $10,000 or like, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I think the rule is that if it's, if you film it and it's in a public setting, it's $10,000. But if you film it in private and say you post it up on YouTube, I guess, I guess you should be in the clear. I don't know. I don't know all the rules and regulations. <laughs> I honestly don't know. But anyway, we'd love to hear from y'all tonight. Uh, you can check out, uh, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash blind Lawrence, uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash blind Lawrence, or you can check out the show's page, uh, facebook.com forward slash L Ross 1987. And I want to say thank you to a couple of people out there. Uh, thank you to Billy Brownin, uh, James Carmichael and no, I'm sorry, Jason Carmichael and James Farrar, Fahara. Uh, James out of Georgia. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for liking the page. And also, Jim got his The Lawrence Ross Show logo t-shirt today. So, James, hope you enjoy it, man. Hope you wear it with pride. And just, you know, tell people, man, you can get it. T-E-E spring.com forward slash stores forward slash L Ross 987. That is where you can get it. And, uh... I uh well I'm just I'm I'm very happy to uh you know very happy to help you out and uh hope that you enjoyed hope that you uh, spread the word my friend because I need all the promotion that I get that I can get this guy's desperate oh damn it Ugh, you know I I I re- I really I really got to remember to not keep the bedroom door open because Stewie just just he just he just he walks in here and he takes the mic when I'm not looking. And he uh, doesn't uh, say anything. Oh, I just got a nice message from Jim. <laughs> okay. All right. James Farah. Th- th- thank you, James. That kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know, but he uh, uh, just told me it's pronounced like Farah Fawcett. So <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to do now? I was supposed to say, like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like a Chris Berman kind of a deal now? James Farah Fawcett sporting a very nice... Lawrence Ross Show t-shirt. I can't do a Chris Berman impression. Unfortunately, I just can't. <laughs> uh. But anyway, yeah. On with the program, ladies and gentlemen. Going to the personal recap. So Friday night, no that much. Just kicked back, watched a little TV. Uh, just uh, watched this, some uh, stuff from some comedians. A little Eddie Griffin. A little uh, Bill Burr. And just, uh, you know, had a fun time. And then uh, Saturday, you know, it's kind of weird because... Last week, I did a show, but it only had the last, well, I was only live for the last 45 minutes. And when I went live, I wanted to promise people that I'd be running the show in its entirety. Well, I go to run the show in its entirety, and the darn thing, the computer that I'm using, the darn thing stops twice during the broadcast, dur- during the replay. So if anybody out there on listening on Raz's network, tf52.com. If y'all want to hear the uh, show, uh, 
it uh, it's it's up in the uh, it's it's up in the podcast it's up in the podcast section on iTunes. I don't want to have to keep you know I don't want to have to keep telling people hey I'm going to be playing this and then all of a sudden it just craps the bed halfway through. But at any rate, for anybody for just to give you all a Cliff Notes version of what happened last week, uh, I talked about how. One of my old bits generated some controversy. Evidently, the person involved uh, did not appreciate the outcome, which I don't mind, but I do mind that it took them seven years to gripe about it and that they didn't gripe about it when I initially pitched the idea to them. Because in all the times that I have recorded any sort of uh, bit with anybody, primarily with uh, Manson, a.k.a. Mike Waters, very talented man, by the way, uh, in the times that we would record stuff together, uh, he would always let, he, he, he was always very forthright in regards to what was coming up in the bit. Like it'd say, okay, okay, Lawrence, uh, uh, come on in. All right. Okay. All right. Get close to the mic. All right. There you go. Okay. Give me a check. One, two. Okay. There you go. All right. Okay. The line is this I'm like, all right. Okay. Lines cut. All right. Good. And then you say, okay, now it turns out that it was actually this. And I'm like, all right. And he says, okay, the line is this. I'm like, all right. And then um, give him the line. He's like, okay, give me another one. I'm like, all right, not a problem. Boom, boom, boom. Everything was all good. So my question is, as a content creator, am I supposed to explain every little thing in, a, in an element that I'm working on with somebody, like piece by piece? Like, do I got to go through, like, do I got to go through the script with them, like bit by bit so they don't get offended? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I should have full creative full creative control even even if i'm letting them know hey look this bit's gonna feature clips of mel gibson or hey this clip or hey this bit's gonna feature uh a lot of uh sound effects involving alcohol or whatever the case might be but uh so talk about that and uh also uh also debuted a song about uh, the tiktok user tesca brown who put gorilla glue in her hair as opposed to uh hairspray have a little song about her, which actually, you know what? I might as well just go and just play that now. Just play that for anybody who may, uh, for anybody who hasn't heard it yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, just to give a, a brief recap. Well, I pretty much already gave you a recap of this woman. She she accidentally put gorilla, she put gorilla glue in her hair, and all of a sudden she got she got famous on TikTok. And my opinion is a little different than other people giving her support. I have no sympathy for her. I think she intentionally did it just so she could be famous. And anyway, right after this, uh, right after the Tesca Brown song, I have, uh, uh, right after the Tesca Brown song, I wanted to give you a, a TV review and also uh, give you a recap as to uh, something that happened to me uh, during the week. But nevertheless, here is the Tesca Brown song, and it's a parody of Bad Bad Leroy Brown by Jim Croce. And I'll be back in about eh, minute 43. Stand by. After I do my hair to keep it all in place, I use the got to be glue spray. But after I didn't have any more of that, I'm running all over trying to figure out something. And when I went past the refrigerator, it was right there. Well, on TikTok, there's a user who's nothing but a fucking clown. Gorilla glue in her hair, fucked up beyond repair. And her name's Tessica Brown. Now, Tessica, she's a phony. I think she got too much support. She's just a careless schmuck. I just don't give a fuck. I think she's an attention whore. Well, she's fucked. 
Pumpkin, Tessica Brown, just another no talent clown. Wanna smash my iPhone screen? Only looking for her 15. Now Tessica has an agent. She got famous for being a fool. Now I'm not saying she's ugly, but holy jeez, keep her out of the damn gene pool. But she's fucking Tessica Brown. Just another no talent clown. Wanna smash my iPhone screen? Only looking for her 15. Well, she's fucking Tessica Brown. Just another no talent clown. Wanna smash my iPhone screen? Only looking for her 15. I wanna smash my iPhone screen. Only looking for her 15. Is that a hair gel? Yeah. I just ran out. You combed your hair with a cock. Lawrence Ross Show. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Uh, gosh. Very proud of that one. And that one took a lot of editing, but hey, it was worth it. It was worth all the frustrations. But anyway, now on to the uh, TV review. I checked out the new show Keenan on NBC, and it's uh, it's a it's a, a sitcom, and it's done by Keenan Thompson, who Keenan has been in the entertainment industry for years and years and years. He got his start out on Nickelodeon for all the '90s kids out there who may be listening to the program. He was on Keenan and Kel. He was on all that. He was in the movie Good Burger. And then he transitioned nicely into Saturday Night Live, where he does a really awesome Steve Harvey impression. And he's just, he's, he's from, from, what I, from what I've checked out of him, he's a very talented guy. And this new show, Keenan, is, uh, 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 this new show, Keenan, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really cute show. It's a story of a guy who, he, 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 plays, a, he, he plays a dad named Keenan, and he has a TV show called Wake Up With Keenan. And it's based in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, and his wife has passed away, and he's trying to he's trying to hold all together being a single dad and still trying to cope with the loss of his wife. And he's got two kids, two daughters, and he's got uh, one guy, Gary, and this one guy, uh, see if, if I'm right, I think Gary's his brother-in-law, or I think, no, wait, hang on a second. I think Rick is his brother-in-law, who lives with him, who is just clueless. And then there's Gary, his manager, who always is well. Uh, well, he's 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 a very interesting character, and it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's a cute little show. They've only done two episodes so far, but it's it's really cute. So I'd recommend it if y'all if you have Hulu, you can check it out. So yeah, it's cute. I enjoy it because it it it's kind of like in the same field that I'm in, to entertainment. Anyway, all right. So now on to uh, something that happened to me uh, today. Uh, just uh, not that much to really tell y'all. It's just that uh, my Facebook account got hacked. I mean, I, I started getting messages from friends, like text messages and stuff. And I think your Facebook account getting hacked is kind of like a nice way. Uh, it's kind of like the it's kind of like an internet's version of like someone who has just fallen off the wagon and they beg for money, but it's somebody impersonating you. And they just send it out to all of your contacts because because I started getting all these messages from people that I know saying like, hey, what happened? I just got a message from you on Facebook asking for $200. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. My account got compromised. And everyone was like, oh, that's frustrating, man. I'm like, yeah, I know. And so I was struggling with this darn thing because I typically use Facebook on my phone, but I also use it on 
my computer as well, but I mainly do the phone because it's easier and I always got the phone with me. Typical millennial. Dude, hold, hold, hold on a sec. Hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on a second. Dude, just quit with the typical millennial stuff and just go to the pantry and just get a snack or something, all right? Just leave me alone, all right? I'll, I'll, I'll deal with you later. Gosh, very sorry about that, folks. Um, but yeah, so I was trying to reactivate it on my phone, and I kept running into all these problems. And what one of one of the things that they wanted you to do, like like if if you were tr- trying to recover, I was trying to recover my account, and there were a couple of methods in which you can do it. One was, uh, let's see, uh, one was select something that you recently logged into that didn't work. There was one that was identify some of your most recent comments. For some reason, that didn't work. And then there was another one, which I kind of think is kind of like an internet version, like Facebook's version of Where's Waldo. Identify your friends in the photos. Uh-uh. Nope. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> because I can't, because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, got, I got it all fixed, so now it's all good, so I don't have to rebuild the account from scratch, which is good. So everything's okay on that front. So I'm very happy about that. And uh, now, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much all I have in regards to uh, that, really. So just, uh, well, now, now I'm going to go into a sports because I, I got because I got some stuff about because uh, I, I, I got I got a big thi- I want to think I want uh, the, the the big the big story, of course, want to get into. But uh, oh, wait, hang on a second. Hang on. Oh, wait. Oh, I got I got dude. You there? Yep. Coming in. All right. Well, I'll be right back. Gotta go get a little, uh, gotta get a little snack. And, uh, be back. And, uh, Jim, my man, take it away. Take it for the praise. From CBS Sports Radio, it's the Jerome Show. What is up? A tremendous Friday featuring in one of you in Los Angeles. I am Jim Brown. Dropping in on the Lawrence Ross Show. Go back to Facebook. My account was hacked. Smack. Let's get to the little sports. Sports obviously the big story of the week. Tiger Woods wrecking his sled in that rollover accident the other day. Tell you this right now, friends. I've touched an alkaline. I've been down that road many times that he has been on. It is a very violent road. It is one of those roads where you really have to watch your speed. You got to watch your speed. You got to be totally focused. All right. You cannot be dude rolling around in his sled playing playing Candy Crush as he merges out of the 405. You got to be alert. You got to be intensive. You got to have the intensity. You got to be like LeBron James trying to get that jump shot with just four seconds left against against San Antonio. That is what you got to do. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to be doing. All right. Now, clothes, spare me all of your Tiger Woods broken leg smack because I don't want to read any of that. All right. Because it breaks the show down to a grinding halt. And I will be doing that. Not on this frequency, clothes. Tell you that much right now. All right. Yep. Here's a up. Oh, here's an email right now. <clears throat> hey, Roby. Not for nothing, but if Tiger was a horsey, 
I probably would have had to put out of his misery. Signed, Wilbur Post. All right, Kyle and Austin, you're blocked. Block! Block! Wilbur Post, by the way, what a great guy. How he put up with Mr. Ed and his talkery. I never understood that show. What was up with the talking horse? He'd always say, hey, Wilbur, let me eat some apples. Hey, Wilbur, get this peanut butter off the roof of my mouth. Hey, Wilbur, I'm all out of Skippy. I need to hold a press conference and talk to Babe Ruth. Which is kind of wild because Babe Ruth died long before Mr. Ed even hit the airwaves. All right. Another email. Hey, Romy. We can sympathize with Tiger Woods hitting a tree. Signed, Sonny Bono, Michael Kennedy, and Natasha Richardson. All right. JC in Alabama, you're blocked. Block! Block! That was so insensitive. That was triple U. Unfunny, unreadable, and uninspired. Come on, man. Step your game up in regards to the smack. This is quickly turning into the hack-off, but without phone callers. It's just a text version of the hack-off. That is all this is. All right. Yet another email. Hey, Romy, I think it's obvious that the relationship of Tiger Woods and vehicles is about the same as oil and water. Chad in Houston. Yo, Chad, that's a really good point. Because this is the third accident homeboy has gotten into and this one was his worst whatever i mean forget about the dui in 2017 at least it didn't kill anybody he was just passed out behind the wheel of the car and at least it wasn't like in 2009 when his wife just went rogue and scratched his mug up but this of course was after she found out that he was being unfaithful what is up with that all right got time for just one more email, then I got a jet. Hey, Ben Smack. All right, you know what? I'm never going to read it. I'm never going to read it. And whoever it is, all right, you know what? I actually just looked at it. It's a Game of Thrones reference. You know, I'll just read it anyway just to shut your clothes up. Hey, Ben Smack. If Tiger Woods was on Game of Thrones and he was a horse, he wouldn't have been shot. The Queen of Adarius. Uh... Would have eaten his heart by now. All right, you're blocked. Block! Block! I've never understood Game of Thrones clothes. I've never understood that show. Never never was able to follow it. I, I, I attribute it to that. It's almost like Downton Abbey. It's another show that my wife, Janet, likes to watch. And I will say this right now. I don't watch that stuff. What I like to do on a Friday Night Clones is just kick back, watch some ESPN2, and pour a glass of of sapphire red right down the hatch clothes and it tastes really really good it is fantastic it's one of the best drinks ever everybody everybody on the xr4tr everybody in the xr4t crew has had a glass of sapphire red it is actually a requirement before you even step foot in the jungle take a swig of some sapphire red and it'll all be good in the neighborhood all right I'm Jim Rope. It's been my time. Now back to the blind dude. Thank you to Jim Rome for his contributions tonight. Thank you for stopping by, Jim. You're welcome. Thank you for the praise. All right. Thank you, Jim. All right. Now, uh, I want to talk seriously about uh, Tiger Woods. I got a couple of uh, things here. I got a, uh, I got a news clip in, in talking about the accident. I have audio of... The man, the the guy who put 
the guy the fir- the guy who gave Tiger his first Masters jacket in 1997, and I have something that ties in with that of what happened back in 97 Tiger of uh, Tiger Woods with the uh, the Masters, and and I have a song about uh, and and I'm debuting a song about Tiger Woods tonight, and uh, so I'll get to that in a second. But let me just pull this up here. Uh, where's this one? Uh, okay, there's that. Okay, good. I right, just want to make sure I had that on deck. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. You're going to be more well organized. Dude, just drink your Pepsi and just quit bugging me. Oh, sorry, folks. Uh, I didn't mean to yell so loud in the microphone. I just, you know, he's he's been he's been hanging around with me long before this pandemic ever started. And he just, I don't know, he just, he, he likes to... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean well, in all fairness, he was always quiet when it was Thomas and Marcy. He would occasionally pop in when Marcy was uh, was consistently joining me. But uh, now that it's just me, he just feels the need to pipe in even more. I, mean, I don't know. But anyway, uh, let's see. Going to this here. Let's just. Okay. This is this is the story about. Let's see. Okay. This is the story. The original story about the accident itself and uh so here it is golf legend tiger woods one of the world's most famous athletes is in a los angeles area hospital tonight with serious leg injuries after the luxury suv he was driving skidded off a california road rolling over several times before landing on its side the car was so badly damaged firefighters were forced to pull woods out through the front windshield before racing him away in an ambulance tonight police say it appears woods was traveling too fast down a steep road and they say it doesn't look like he was using his brakes oh man wow so I, I i just i wonder how fast he was going because what i've heard is that road and and and, and i know that i know that jim rome commented on this a little bit a few minutes ago but from what i've heard is that road is notoriously very dangerous and and what i've heard is that when it comes to driving in los angeles like 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 if you're in california from what i've heard is if you go to los angeles and you try driving anywhere it is just what i've heard gridlock bumper to bumper it's just chaos unchanged as a matter of fact, i think i heard remember phil Hendry one time he once said something to the effect of hey you know when it comes to los angeles man forget about rush hour it's rush day and i was there for a week one time and uh yeah it's 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 brutal there i mean well it, it was brutal back it was it was brutal when i went in june of 2000 i, I can only imagine what it must be like now it's 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 real it's it's gotta be uh really 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 bad <sighs> what stewie you actually went in los angeles what what no 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 uh wait a second though what about the time when you were in uh huntington beach yeah when i was in huntington beach that was a little bit different man but i mean it wasn't gridlocked no it wasn't gridlocked but uh you know uh traffic was just get out of here, man. All right, here we go. All right, continuing. Hang on. Hang on. I got to back this up a little bit. Stand by. Bang. Okay, here we go. So badly damaged, firefighters were forced to pull Woods out through the front windshield. With the jaws of life, by the way. So I can, so I can, I can only imagine what that, what that scene must have been like. And, and what I've heard is that Tiger says he has no memory of the accident. I, 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 wonder, I, wonder, I wonder if he even knew that it happened. 
or maybe it was a case of him maybe he was fully awake and all of a sudden he crashed and then and then the impact was so was so violent that it caused his brain to shut off that's what happened that's what happened with tracy morgan when he was in the limousine he's in the limousine with his friends they're hanging out having a good time all of a sudden that walmart truck came rolling by the poor driver was sleep deprived and next thing you know Boom, it happens, and then Tracy Morgan, he, he, he said the doctors explained to him that his brain shut off as soon as it happened. It's a, it's, it's a defense mechanism that the brain has. It's pretty amazing. All right, here we go. Before racing him away in an ambulance. Tonight, please say it appears Woods was traveling too fast down a steep road, and they say it doesn't look like he was using his brakes. And while sources tell CBS News the 45-year-old's injuries do not appear to be life-threatening, it is not clear tonight if the world's most accomplished golfer will play the sport he has defined for decades ever again. CBS's Carter Evans is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the hospital where Woods is... Wow. Hang on a second. Hang on. I want to play that part again because that's... that. Because that's pretty telling right there. Not appear to be life-threatening. It is not clear tonight if the world's most accomplished golfer will play the sport he has defined for decades ever again. Now, that's something to consider because I, I did a little reading about Tiger Woods the other night. And he's been playing golf pretty much ever since before he was even two years old. So you got to figure he's been doing it for like 43 years. So in all fairness, I mean... You know he's he's getting older, but when 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 you look at some of these leg injury, uh, when you look at the extent of some of these injuries, and of which uh, I was reading that it 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 might have been a compound for like one of his leg injuries was a compound fracture, and I read and I read a little bit about the compound fracture, and just reading it just sounds painful. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I was I was reading it, I, I was I was having my screen reading software reading it, I should say, and. And I had to close the window. I'm like, oh, oh that, that's, that's painful to read, man. That's painful to read. Anyway, getting back to the story. Here we go. About the, about, now we're going to hear from the CBS correspondent. First, first, uh, first, first Nora's going to introduce him. CBS's Carter Evans is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the hospital where Woods is being treated. It's just south of L.A. Good evening, Carter. Good evening, Nora. The accident happened on a main road connecting the ritzy area of Palos Verdes Estates to the rest of Los Angeles. Now, for locals, this is a well-known dangerous spot in a very steep section of the road with signs warning cars and trucks to slow down. The vehicle ran off the road, fleeing TV Drive North and Blackboard. The single car crash happened just after dawn. We have a rollover with the one that trapped. Golf star Tiger Woods was the... Okay, just after dawn. Okay, now it se- seems if with Tiger Woods, it seems like late nights and vehicles, or like late nights slash early mornings and vehicles do not mix. I mean, let's take a look at the timeline real quick. Uh, 2000, November 2009, about 2.30 in the morning, he hit a tree and then a fire hydrant. Then 2017, busted for a DUI, passed out behind the wheel of a car, 3 in the morning... And now this, just before dawn or just after dawn, was it before or after? Yeah, well, either way. Either way, I don't know. Either way. Anyway, continuing. Only occupant, his SUV careening downhill, traveling several hundred feet, flipping over multiple times before landing on this hillside in a Los Angeles suburb. And across into the opposing lane of traffic, hit the curb, hit a tree, and there was several... uh, rollovers during that process 
Rescuers had to pry the windshield off the car to pull Woods out. Oh, man. And from what, I, from what I've heard is that the front part of the car totally damaged, like 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 completely just just like you couldn't even identify it. But but the other parts of the car seem to be totally fine. But you know when when they got you know when they got to pull you through the windshield like that, I mean I can I mean I can only imagine what 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 kind of experience that must have been for them. Authorities say the legendary golfer had multiple leg injuries, but was conscious when he was rushed to the hospital where he underwent surgery multiple surgeries i believe the golfers clubs and other personal items were taken from the scene and late today a crane removed the crumpled car woods was in the la area over the weekend so 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 now i wonder like what are they gonna do now they're gonna like what are they gonna do they're gonna send it to a chop shop or are they gonna or i don't know or i don't know and hosting his annual golf tournament, the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Later, meeting up with NBA star Dwayne Wade. Tiger, thank you for teaching me something. How, how good am I, or how bad am I? Uh, good. <laughs> PGA Tour Pro. I've noticed that whenever Tiger Woods talks, like in press conferences, or just like uh, when there's been clips of him that have surfaced, and Jay Moore even, well, well, Jay Moore and Jim Rome, they, 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 they would often make fun of uh, his robotic like speech when he talks he sounds very monotone kind of and but yeah i mean it's i don't know he just i don't know it seems i don't know it seems like i don't know it seems like he's not really all that interested really when he when he talks all that much he's like yeah hey Dwayne, you did good you did good that was a nice backswing should work a little bit more on the forward nine but you got it man you got the birdie that's good really good to know can't do Tiger Woods all that well. Justin Thomas became emotional yeah. in an afternoon news conference. And man, I just hope he's all right. Um, just, uh, just worry for his kids. You know, I'm sure they're struggling. Woods was already recovering from a series of back injuries, something he discussed this past Sunday with CBS's Jim Nance. You feeling yeah. all right? I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling fine. I'm a little bit stiff. This is the third car incident involving the 15-time Majors champion. In 2009, his SUV struck a tree. And a fire hydrant. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> boy, what a way to celebrate, boy, what a way to celebrate a holiday, you know? Rather than watch planes, trains, automobiles, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and then have some turkey and some sweet potatoes and some uh, cornbread, some deviled eggs... Some green beans, all that stuff, some stuffing. No, no, no. Tiger Woods got busted cheating on his wife, and uh, he crashes his ride. Soon after, revelations about infidelity emerged, losing Woods' sponsorships and landing him in rehab. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I don't think he should have lost sponsorship. No, hang on. Hang on. Let me amend that. I don't think he should have technically lost sponsorships. I think that a lot of people may have lost their trust in him for him being unfaithful to his wife. Now, there are a lot of people who are unfaithful to their wives. I understand that. Jackie Gleason was one of them. But that's the here nor there. Um, you know, that, that, that shouldn't, you know, that, sh that shouldn't necessarily mean that all the, uh, all the companies that he aligned himself with turned their backs on him. I mean, he still, he still had people in his corner, but I, I think, I don't know. I, I mean, I think... I get. I don't know. I guess there's some sort of moral code. I guess they have at like uh, uh, Cadillac, Gillette, Gatorade, uh, Kellogg's. I think it was 
all the all the, all the companies that dropped them, but EA Sports stuck with them. And actually, here's something interesting for you: the Tiger Woods Pro Golf '99 video game, which originally came out for the PlayStation. Back in the day, there were some copies that were released where, when you put the the disc in your computer, it would show you a bunch of files. And if you clicked on a file called ZZ Dummy, what would pop up? The South Park short, The Spirit of Christmas, Jesus versus Santa. I'm not making that up. You, you, you can look that up for yourselves if you want to. And and they uh, 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 and they had to recall the game, but uh, you know they got it fixed. But still, that that was a bit of a jarring experience. And then and then, and then oddly enough, and then funnily enough. They did an episode of South Park, uh, season 14, episode one, called Sexual Healing, by the way. And the first scene, you see Tiger Woods' wife just beating the crap out of him with a golf club. And then it pulls back to reveal that it shows Cartman and the other dudes, uh, Kyle, Stan, and Kenny. It shows them playing the video game. And, and, uh, and, and one, of them says, one of them says they've hit like, oh, I got prenup. I got prenup power up. <laughs> something like that. And then I think Kenny says something, and then Cartman says something, you're like, not Kenny, because you're poor. <laughs> anyway. And in 2017, Woods was arrested and charged with DUI when Florida police found him passed out behind the wheel of a parked car. He's 45 years old, but he's really like 60 years old in, in you know, in terms of how his body has been just kind of beaten up over the years from playing golf. And then you get into a horrific car accident like this. It doesn't bode well for the future of, of Tiger's career. No, it doesn't. No, it, it re- really doesn't, man. Now, rescue crews say Tiger identified himself when they arrived, and they also say the airbags deployed, and that really cushioned him during the accident, though they say he was not able to get up on his own. Now, the sheriff's department... Well, no kidding. Well, no kidding, Carter Evans. I mean, jeez, man. I mean, look. I mean, I mean, I like the report and all, man, but that was a little bit... I think that was a case of saying the obvious. He couldn't get up on his own. No kidding, man. Here's a dude with broken legs, man. How could he get up? <laughs> it's a bit of a tall order. All right. Here's, here's, here, here's, here's a clip of, uh, okay, here, uh, anyway. I have another clip relating to this. Here we go. So how can we know? Darn it. I jumped, jumped into it. CBS. Okay, here we go. CBS Sports lead golf analyst, Sir Nick Faldo. He put the first green jacket on Tiger Woods at the Masters in 1997. All right. Keep that in your mind, folks, because I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go back to it. But just keep that in mind for a little bit because I got something that ties in with, uh, with that. Sir Nick, good to have you. How devastating is this to the world of golf? We're all stunned. We're shocked. Um, you know, as golfers, first thing um, is Tiger's safety. Is he fine, number one? And as Justin Thomas put it so well, he's one of his best friends. Hopefully Sam and Charlie are fine. And his mum, they must be absolutely, you know, can't imagine what they're, they're going through. Uh, and then and then next, of course, as golfers, what does this all mean? And these, injury, these injuries sound very serious. Uh, you know, Tiger recovered from, you know, four back surgeries. We have a rotational sport. And 
nothing worse than your back, but I, I believe I'm hearing that maybe a shattered ankle. Again, I mean, the force that we put through our ankles as golfers uh, is one of the greatest areas. So this is obviously for his health, safety, all unbelievably concerning. Well, you mentioned it. I mean, he just had his fifth back surgery right before Christmas. He was hoping to be back for the Masters. How difficult would it be for him to come back to the game? Well, very difficult, I would have thought. Again, another rebuild, another... Um, he's, he's done it once, or more than, more than once. I mean, to go for 11 years between you know, his last Masters win and then that 15th major, I was there with Jim Nance, of course, on that call. And, and as we described, it's probably probably you know one of the greatest sporting comebacks of, of all time from any sport so tiger we know can dig deep um, unfortunately he's going to have to dig deep again this this will be another mountain to climb but uh, you just never know that man's determination he maybe he'll find a way to to come back again well i don't know maybe but uh, and i just got a really good uh, uh i just got a really good uh, comment uh from my dad uh he wants to know how exactly do you skid if you don't apply the brakes <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of curious about my, uh, curious about that myself. Oh wait, hang on a second. Yeah, what's up? What's up, Al? Yeah, I want to know something. I'm not a automobile expert, but how do you skid if you don't use the brakes? How is that possible? Hua. All right, thank you, Mr. Pacino. You're welcome, young man. And just to let you know. Your pantry's out of order. All right. Okay. Now, getting back to uh, this just real quick. Uh, well, okay. Uh, so, back in 19... Okay, so they said back in 1997... So they said back in 1997, uh, Tiger Woods won the first Masters. Well, a lot of people were congratulating him, and uh, one such golfer... I don't think he. I I, I think he he kind of gives him a backhanded compliment, or, well, actually, no, I take that back. He compliments him, and then he throws in a, you know, yeah, he compliments him, and then he throws in a couple of racial references, and I don't know what you know, and. I mean, it's it's well, um, well, I'm, well, I'm only playing it just to highlight, just the ignorance that some people have. And this ignorance comes from Fuzzy Zoller, or Zeller, whatever his name is. Here we go. He's doing quite well. Pretty impressive. The uh, little boy's uh, driving it well. He's putting well. He's, he's doing everything it takes to win. So you know what you guys do when he gets in here? Pat him on the back, say congratulations, enjoy it, and tell him not to serve fried chicken next year. Got it. Or collard greens or whatever the hell Wow. And that's, Wow. That's just that 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 is that that is that is that is just ignorant right there, folks. And I cannot cond- I I would like to state for the record I do not condone that rhetoric. I am merely just playing that just to highlight the ignorance in society that we have to deal with. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, um, uh, got a brand new song for everybody. Uh, but uh, let me get it here. Okay. Uh, a brand new song for everybody and uh okay okay got okay here we go this is the original right here for any of the uh, younger people who may not know for any of the younger people who may be listening who may not know what this is 
This is a song called Carefree Highway by Gordon Lightfoot. So I'm just going to play a little bit of it for you. You know what it is. Here we go. Picking up the pieces of my sweet shadow dream. I wonder how the old folks are tonight. Her name was Anne and I'll be damned if I recall her face. She left me now knowing what to do. Carefree highway, let me slip away on you. Carefree highway, you've seen better days. The morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes. Carefree highway, let me slip away, slip away on you. There you go with that that that's that's what that is and i was i was thinking about i was thinking about what i wanted to do with the tiger woods uh story i was, I was thinking about i was thinking to myself okay how can you know what what, what can what can i what can i what can i come up with in regards to this and uh i, I was i was thinking of, i was thinking about like an acdc kind of a thing like a highway to hell kind of a deal but then it was wednesday morning i believe it was yeah it was it was no wait i think it was either yeah yeah no wait, yeah 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 yeah, it was, it was Wednesday morning. I was listening to uh, Clusterfuck on my uh, 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 on my phone, and at the beginning of the show, what Mike uh, what Mike likes to do is he likes to play certain elements, and then he gets into the show. Well, he played an element that uh, his uh, Ned character had performed one day. Uh, it was a parody of that song that I just played for you, Carefree Highway. It was called Oxy Highway, which I thought was uh, fun. Uh, uh, which I thought, uh, uh, which I thought, uh, I thought it was creative. It was a you know cute little song about uh, people uh, taking pills, and so then it just then it just came to me, and I started writing this. And this this is actually I think one of the quickest things I ever wrote because I just I I pulled up the original, and I just started uh, and I just listened to it line by line, and then it just then I just started started I did like a like like I listened to like one line, write the. Uh, uh, write the idea, and then it just then it just started to flow. And well, here it is. This is this is the debut, brand new song called "Tiger's Bad Legs." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hey, Tiger, I need to do a huge favor. Please take your name off your phone. My wife went through my phone. He was once the golfing champ. Yes, he ruled the green. Until 2009 Thanksgiving night My wife went through my phone His wife got mad and oh hot damn She fucked up his face As he pulled away she yelled out Fuck you Tiger's bad legs Can't control his ride It's true Tiger's bad legs Hey man hit the brakes He's hit a tree or two Throw away his golfing shoes Tiger's bad legs Think his career is His career is through Hitting a ball with a crooked stick And then Walking after it And then Hitting it again He had a thing for the ladies With big perky breasts 
now he's down and out and feeling lame. In 2017, he caught a DUI. SUVs and golf carts don't drive the same. Tiger's bad legs can't control his ride. It's true. Tiger's bad legs. Hey man, hit the brakes. He's hit a tree or two. Throw away his golfing shoes. Tiger's bad legs Think his career is His career's all through My wife went to my phone And uh, maybe calling you Just to have it as a number On the voicemail Just have it as your telephone number and say, Okay, you gotta do this for me quickly Alright, bye Pulled him through the fragments Of that smashed window pane I wonder if he is actually blind he really should just hang it up, he's pushing 45. All good things come to an end, yes it's true. Tiger's bad legs, can't control his ride, it's true. Tiger's bad legs, hey man hit the brakes, he's hit a tree or two. Throw away his golfing shoes. Tiger's bad legs think his career is, his career's all through. The 45-year-old's injuries do not appear to be life-threatening. It is not clear tonight if the world's most accomplished golfer will play the sport he has defined for decades ever again. You ever watch golf on television? It's like watching flies fuck. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you all enjoyed that. I had a lot of fun making that. And uh, that, that'll that be up on the podcast uh, later on tonight. As well as this episode. Sorry about that. Uh, just had to turn the microphone off for a little bit. And, uh, well, all right. Uh, let's see. What do I want to cover here real quick before... Before getting into something else, uh, let's see. What do I want to cover here next? Let's see. Do I want to cover this? Oh, let's see. What What is this here? <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, well, I really don't have all that. Mit- well, hang on a second. Uh, hold on a second. You really should have preloaded all of your crap before you start doing your show, man. That way, people don't gonna hear. Your computer, yep, 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 and in the background, man. Well, they're going to hear it regardless, man. They're, they're, they're going to hear it regardless, so you, you just you just got to uh, live with it, dude. Where's that thing? Oh, there it is. All right, cool. All right, stand by. Okay, hang on a minute. Where's the thing? Okay. All right, now this this is a... Uh, 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 this little thing about how Boeing is now grounding all their flights at the moment. Boeing. Oh, wait. Uh, darn it. Hold on a minute. I messed up. Take two. Boeing is telling airlines around the world to ground all 777 passenger jets with the type of engine that blew apart over Denver on Saturday. Amazingly, no one was hurt on the plane or on the ground, even as a neighborhood was showered with debris. On the plane. Shouldn't that be in the plane is the late great George Carlin, uh, Poetically waxed about in his 1992 HBO special, Jammin' in New York. You know, people can look it up on YouTube. 
YouTube. Oh, would you? Ju oh boy. Oh man, I'm. G oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, man, man, you and I are okay. Hold, hold on a second. Hey man, hey dude, you and I are gonna have words during uh, during the interlude, man. All right, cause you're really bugging me tonight. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm 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 terribly sorry, folks. He's just he's uh he's had a rough day. We get more now from CBS's Errol Barnett. Tonight, there are critical questions after this catastrophic engine failure led to panic and prayers aboard United Flight 328. All of a sudden, you heard this huge sound. Debris scattered across this Denver suburb. It's just dropping pieces. The NTSB says it is investigating two fractured fan blades, which you can see here in this passenger video. These new photos obtained by our Denver affiliate reveal damage to the fuselage. I think they were fortunate that the way this came apart, it didn't do that critical. You're from Boston, way it came apart. At least, at least the plane didn't break apart over Harvard Yard. At least didn't land on my car. And at least the pilot and the co-pilots and the crew and all the passengers, they were wicked smart about it. They didn't panic. They didn't go into a tailspin. Everything was fine. And then they all had lobster. Damage the airplane. Former NTSB board member John Golia says also concerning is the uncontrolled fire. Last thing you want on an airplane is fire. Boeing is now. No crap, right? Yeah. No duh, man. <laughs> of course you want to. Well. Hang on a second, hang on. Who wants fire on an airplane other than a pyromaniac? Nobody else, man. <laughs> even on, you know, jeez. <laughs> oh, you know, even in the movie Con Air, they didn't want to deal with fire on the airplane, you know? <laughs> it's such a strange movie, you know? Because you got all these rough and tumble convicts. There's like a guy who's like a white supremacist. Another guy who's like killed three men and all these and and all these other dudes on board and then you got nicholas cage what did he do he just killed one guy he was standing up for his wife and he's a southern gentleman cameron poe put the bunny back in the box recommending to ground all of its 128 aircraft with this engine united is grounding the 24 it had in service as is japan airlines ana and korean air united 328 is the third engine failure in as many years in december of last year a japan airlines plane had to turn around due to two damaged fan blades and in 2018 a united plane landed safely after parts of its engine fell away now, the NTSB investigation will likely next focus on the engine's manufacturer, Pratt & Whitney, and its engine certification process. All right. Well, at least, hey, at least, they're, at least they're working on the problem. At least they had that going for them. <laughs> but, I can only, but, I can only, but I can only imagine what the... Uh, I, wonder, I, I, wonder, I wonder, if, wonder if there's a technician who works at Boeing who has to go through... The hangar, and he's got to inspect all the planes to make sure they fly properly. And the ones that don't, and, and the ones that can't fly, I wonder, I wonder if he looks at the plane and says to them, "You are grounded." If anybody doesn't know what that is, that's from uh, South Park. That's uh, from the video game, The Fractured Butthole. That's the name of the video game. And there's and there's a level in the game 
where you have to take on uh, Butters' dad, and that's basically his go-to move. Like, like whatever it is, like he'll 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 ground anybody because that because that's that's one of the tropes of the show. Butters gets grounded for like the most like minutia like for for like the most trivial things ever. So it's so so it so so it kind of sucks to be him. But anyway, that concludes the first hour of the program. Stay tuned here, ladies and gentlemen, because on the other side, I got a song about Ted Cruz. I've got uh, something about uh, these. Uh, 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 I got to think about uh, the school board. A school board out in California who made a bit of an error. Uh, coronavirus update. Uh, Something I didn't get to last week, but I want to get into this thing about uh, George Washington. Pat Sajak is in a little bit of controversy, and uh, The Muppet Show now has a disclaimer. So, getting into that and more. The Lawrence Ross Show, RazRadioLive.com or RadioChaos.net for the live feed. And on podcast, just search iTunes. Uh, just go to iTunes or Spotify. Just search The Lawrence Ross Show back after this. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're listening to a show hosted by a man with a face for radio. His disgusting, repulsive physical condition will be enough to convince you to stay sober. But he does have a very passionate personality. That man insults me. The Lawrence Ross Show will continue after this.
host of the show has returned after eating some pizza rolls. <laughs> trying to book someone famous for the show. Bullshit! Or he's probably on social media pining for his audience. Ah, boo-hoo! Want to interact with this guy? Call or text 813-602-2715. Check the number and try your call again. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Want some whiskey in your water? Sugar in your tea? What's all this crazy question asking me? This is the craziest party that could ever be. Don't turn on the lights, cause I don't want to see. But anyway, yeah. The radio oh, is blasting. Some Doritos and Pepsi. I'm looking at my girlfriend. She passed out on the floor. Three Dog Night. That's the first Three Dog Night song I ever heard, by the way. And uh, just uh, uh, always find it very interesting. You know, it was actually that that song. Mama told me not to come. It was originally by Randy Newman. And Randy Newman, of course, famous for the song "Short People." Which, if that came out today, would probably offend, would probably be labeled as offensive by the millennials as microaggressioning or micromanaging the role of gender-neutral, non-binary individuals who have height disadvantages. There is 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 that uh, there, there, there. Does that satisfy your continued pussification of America? Everything has to have a disclaimer in front of it. Agenda. Because that's what it seems like. Seems like we're going to these days. So that uh, the Muppets, the Muppets on Disney Plus, now is proceeded with a disclaimer. What kind of world are we living in, where a show involving puppets has a disclaimer before it, because some stuff could be considered "quote unquote" offensive? Warner Brothers did the same thing when it came to Looney Tunes. They put a disclaimer on, on some of their box sets. They say, hey, look, some of this stuff is incredibly offensive, but we're leaving it we're leaving it in as is to preserve the content, which makes sense. You know, you can't change history. You know, I, you know, you know, that drives me nuts. That drives me nuts when you got all these people who try and change history, all these people who back in 2020 and 2019, and you can go back many years before that, it seems as if they want all this reform 
you know, we can't have, you know, Aunt Jemima. No good. Nope. Can't have that anymore. Bugs Bunny. Can't have his rifle anymore. Uh, now you can't say this. Now you can't say that. Sheesh. Well, I think I've, uh, I think I've figured out. I, I think I have, I think I have a, a solution to this problem. I, I, th- I think I have a way to counteract all this madness. And I have a great, I have a great phrase for all, and I mean all, social justice warriors. Everybody who identifies as a social justice warrior. All of you. All of you. Because there is not one person who identifies as a social justice warrior that I would like to associate with. This is for every last stinking one of these social justice warriors who push their politically correct agenda on everybody else. This is for all of them. Go fuck yourself! Exactly. Go fuck yourselves. Every last stinking one of you. I do not want to interact with any of you people. None of you. Because you give my generation a bad name. I'm a millennial, but I was not I was not brought up on the participation trophy. I was not raised on getting you know getting accolades for a menial, for for meaningless accomplishments. I was raised with the mindset that Forrest Gump's mom gave to him. Forrest Gump, which if you showed it to a millennial today, they'd shit their pants because they'd say Tom Hanks micromanages Southern people, Sally Field micromanages Southern people, and all that stuff. The mindset is you're the same as everybody else, you're no different. In the opening scene in the movie Ray, there's that scene where it shows him flashing back to his mom. And his mom says to him, remember your promise to me. Don't let nobody treat you like a cripple. Or turn you into a cripple or or whatever the actual line of dialogue was. But still. Anyway, I figured I'd go ahead and play the sensitive millennial syndrome bit that I did a couple of years ago. No, actually, what? No, actually, you know what? No, five years ago almost. Five years ago is when I cut this one. And I've played it before and it's up in the archives and the uh, podcast. But, uh, but... Hey, I'll play it again, why not, back after this. If you were born between 1982 and 2004, then society says you are a millennial. You understand technology, and you utilize social media on a daily basis. But there are some people in your circle who are just too sensitive. There's a possibility they might have. SMS, not short messaging services, but rather sensitive millennial syndrome. Every day, one out of every six millennials gets SMS. Here are just a few of the side effects. If you've ever received a participation trophy for the most meaningless activity, if you've ever raised holy hell at your local Starbucks because your barista put too much ice in your drink, prompting you to say this. You're an asshole! 
If the following words make you tear up in the slightest manner. You lost, Bobby. Or if you've ever gotten mad at somebody for using the term orient and or oriental. To learn more about this disorder, please visit any college campus of your choosing. Look for the students who are protesting the arrival of the comedian because they feel that he or she's latest fat chick blowjob joke not only marginalizes and micromanages the role of women in our society, but also has a lot of fat shaming and body shaming references. Lame motherfuckers. Sensitive millennial syndrome. The only cure is to butch the fuck up. So there it is. And, uh... And also, at the end of the program tonight, I'm going to be playing a bit from Dennis Leary where he talks about uh, Jim Henson's funeral. But it's kind of towards the end of the bit. But I'm going to play the whole thing because it, because, uh, um, uh, because it, kind, of, uh, it kind of segues into... Because uh, 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 I think it's kind of important to have that whole... Uh, uh, the whole bit. I, I, I don't, I don't want to just play the excerpt, so I'll play the whole thing for y'all because it's... Uh, it's a uh, uh, it's a funny bit about death, and uh, and he talks about Jim Henson's funeral, and he mentions Sammy Davis Jr. in the same bit, and it's kind of wild because Sammy Davis Jr. and Jim Henson both died on the exact same day, May sixteenth, nineteen ninety. You maybe next week I should probably have uh, maybe next week I should probably have a list of all the people who have died on the same day you know that uh that sounds like uh that's that's something like i do yeah or maybe yeah yeah or maybe maybe here's an idea how about if you do more karaoke like you did on the show last week gosh man you can barely carry a tune in a bucket man dude just dude just take your bag of doritos take your pepsi and just sit down on the couch all right thank you Gosh. All right. Now, uh, moving on to this, and this is just another example of just how soft and unimaginative and how basically we are not allowed to have any fun with anybody anymore. Wheel of Fortune uh, the other night uh, had on a contestant who had a bit of a speech impediment. And Pat Sajak's talking to him. And, well, this transpired. Okay, well, I, got, I, 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 sh- I should probably point out that this is a case of somebody who uh, put their, uh, who was sitting on the couch probably watching the thing. And didn't, anyway, here we go. Bunch of company, we set up technology that benefits older adults so they can see the living communities. Yeah, and that's a, a tough thing, too, because technology and sometimes people are not open to new You'd be surprised how, how open they are. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. So that's just a myth. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I see. Uh, <laughs> you were married? Uh, I think I'm still a newlywed. Uh, well, I don't... All right, so he's just having fun. He's just having some damn fun with the guy's speech and the guy laughs it off he's cool with it oh but oh no 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 the internet's not like that the internet is crucifying him calling him you know calling for his head saying that he's been a jerk in the past pat sajak doesn't come off that way to me when i watch wheel of fortune he comes across as a guy who really enjoy you know who's enjoying himself who has fun bantering with the contestants. 
So don't be surprised if Pat Sajak is the next person that's up on the chopping block for cancel culture. Cancel culture, ladies and gentlemen. That's basically where everyone guns for you on the internet and they demand that you leave your post as whatever it is because they feel you have personally offended them. Cancel culture. The only person who, you know, cancel culture. What a bunch of bullshit that is. The only kind of cancel culture that can happen is if someone just happens, you know, if, if, if someone hangs it up. That's what I think about cancel culture. And, you know, that, that exchange with Pat Sajak and, uh, and that contestant reminded me of this little joke I found off of uh, one of Jackie Martling, uh, Jack, yeah, one of Jackie Martling's albums. Uh, it's called Sergeant Pecker. That's the name of the album, Sergeant Pecker. <laughs> and it's a great disc. I mean, all of his stuff is great. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, I mean it, it really helped me out when I was in high school. Uh, it really helped me deal with my geometry course I had to take. But here's, here's, here is a joke. Let me clarify that one more time. Many of these social justice warriors happen to stumble on this. This is what's known as a joke. Either you can take it or you can't. For people who can take it, enjoy. If you can't take it, Turn off your podcast device now. Guy walks in bars in Montana, I would like one big meal. <laughs> Bart says, one big meal, let me run up. Wait <laughs> one second, Montana. I came in this mall to have a beer and enjoy myself. I didn't come in this mall to be made fun of by the likes of you. <laughs> Bart says, no, no, my friend. I don't understand. Listen the way I talk. I'm sorry, but I didn't know. Just give me a big yeah, and I didn't even drink it and mind my own beeping cube. I didn't know. Bartender is one beer. Another guy walks his bartender, one beer. Bartender's one beer coming up. Pee, pee. I knew you met in front of me. <laughs> but then I leans over and said, no, no, I met in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. I like that. All right. Now, this happened uh, This happened a couple weeks ago, but it's kind of come to the forefront now, and a lot of people are really upset, and rightfully so. Now, this just goes to show me that politicians don't care about the average citizen as much as they say they do they really don't and uh, this is about ted cruz while his constituents in texas are freezing their asses off he's not in some heated office trying to push you know some sort of uh you know uh some sort of bill to relieve the people of texas of high power bills he's not he's not doing anything like that no he's in cancun mexico with his family what bad timing here's the news clip about that and then uh and and then i got another song in the chamber here we go oh what the heck stand by republican senator ted hold on did i get that oh shoot hold on a minute. I I do. 
Uh, okay. Thing was stuck for a second. I just forgot. Anyway, here we go. Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas is back in the U.S. after facing criticism for flying to Mexico while his state battles a brutal winter storm. As he should, you know. He's not there to help him out. These photos went viral, showing Senator Cruz and his family at an airport Wednesday. What if he was drinking at the bar, enjoying himself? You can see him in this video at an airport in Cancun earlier today. Now, sources tell CBS News he was originally scheduled to return Saturday, but changed his reservation this morning. That's in contrast to a statement the senator released Thursday, where he said he was, quote, wanting to be a good dad and flew down with his daughters, who he says asked for the trips and school was canceled. He also said he was in constant communication with state and local leaders. I don't think he was in constant communication with uh, state and local leaders. I don't believe that for a second. I'm not buying that, man. I'm not buying that at all. I don't think he ever was. I think he just said that just so he can cover his ass, just so that he can just hang around and be senator for X amount of years. Now, this is uh, now I figure since I since I explained the fir- since I explained the parody of the first one, I might as well go and explain the parody of the second one here. Uh, <clears throat> this is the original by Dirks Bentley called Drunk on a Plane. Here's 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 just a sample of that song, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's a sample of a song about a guy. I took two weeks vacation for the honeymoon A couple tickets all inclusive down in Cancun I couldn't get my money back so I'm in seat 7A I'm getting drunk on a plane I bet the feller on the out thought I was crazy Picture to the seat back right beside me. Now I've got empty many bottles filling both our trays. I'm getting drunk on a plane. Fine drinks for everybody but the pilot. It's a party. Got the 737 rocking like a Jesus. This is some sexy lean and pouring coke and whiskey. Told her about my condition. Got a little mile high flight attention. It's Marty. So there you go. And well, this is uh, my version. And uh, it's, uh, it's very uh, it's very self-explanatory. And uh, let me get it here. Right, put it here. Oh, here we go. All right. And the name of this is just a Ted Cruz song. So here you go. Hope you like it. Turns out there was, wasn't just one, there were two labs within miles of where this outbreak break occurred that were studying coronaviruses from bats. He is a senator, a lawyer, and a damn loon. His constituents are frozen, but he's in Cancun. While Texas got iced over, he just hopped aboard a jet plane. 
Ted Cruz is fucking insane. He's a Republican who's probably against weed. This inbred looking hilljack is a fucking hayseed. I hope the Lone Star folks vote him out on election day. Ted Cruz is fucking insane. He's a skunk and he's a phony. He was once George Bush's crony. Just another inauthentic, dishonest piece of shit. Back in Texas, they lost power, but he takes a nice hot shower. While he's on vacation, he's looking at Mexican tits. He's just a schmuck, a fucking clown, head up his own ass, his nose is brown, he's a disgrace, he should be ashamed, let's kick him out because he's fucking insane. The U.S. government was funding the Chinese research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Get off my plane. There it is. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Had a lot of fun making that one. And uh, and those clips, by the way, were from... Well, there was one clip of him talking about... Well, well uh, where there was one clip where he's talking about the coronavirus, and then the other one was from Air Force One, uh, Harrison Ford's character, saying that to Gary Oldman's character. All right. Now, evidently, in San Francisco... Uh, they had a school board meeting, and when they were doing, uh, when they were recording it, they accidentally set the privacy to public, and well, this happened. Are we alone? Yeah. Nope, we're not alone. The truth is out there, Scully. Are we alone? Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna call me out, I'm gonna. F- The unfiltered conversation caught on camera Wednesday night among the board of trustees with the Oakley Union Elementary School District. They don't know what we behind the scenes. This this happened last week, by the way. I just didn't get to it. It's really unfortunate that they want to pick on us because they want their babysitters back. Right. One moment got big laughs after a member spoke about parents using marijuana. My brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana. The high clientele were parents with their kids in school. (laughs) The candid discussion that lasted several minutes abruptly cuts off when they realize they had an audience. Uh Uh-oh. Oops. Uh, you guys probably should have changed your privacy settings, then maybe you probably wouldn't have been in so much trouble, but nope, y'all said it to public, dummies. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, let's, let's not forget, this is a, this, this is, this is an entire school board who did, who, who made this blunder, so this is on them, dummies, you know, you know, for, for people who are supposed to be educated, they're really not using their brains all that much. Oh, we have the meeting open to the public right now. <laughs> oh gosh! Hey, I want to play that reaction again. I just love she's oh she's like oh like uh oh right now. They had an audience. Oh, we have the meeting open to the public right now. Oops. Nuh-uh. Someone not only tuned in but recorded the meeting and uploaded it to YouTube. Uh oh, that's a problem. 
The board president, Lisa Brizendine, can be heard apologizing at the end of the meeting. We were having a private conversation because we were we were really struggling at that moment with all of the board comments that were coming in. Oh, boo-hoo. It's, it sounds like she's crying, but I don't think she is. I, I think she's doing a whole Glenn Beck fake cry deal. Because we want what's best for kids so badly. Outrage. Oh, boo-hoo. Get your tissues. Get your tissues, Lisa. Ugh. Parents quickly fired quickly fired back, even starting an online petition demanding the members step down. Oh man. Yeah, you know, so, so, you know, some some of those change.org petitions, they really can get going. Some of them can and some of them well don't. My heart rate went sky high. Um, I couldn't believe that the comments they were making. And overnight, the parents got what they wished for when every member of the school board resigned. Because I, th- I think there's only four people in that whole group, so they were all like, uh-oh. They issued a statement that read in part, this was a difficult decision, but we hear the community's concerns. We're in trouble, and we didn't mean to do it, but we're sorry because we were only sorry because we got caught. I will not make excuses for what happened or why it happened. I am the superintendent. I am responsible and accountable, and I'm truly sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. second. He says he's responsible, he's accountable. Well, maybe before you guys went live on whatever it was, maybe you probably should have checked that privacy thing and maybe just said it to whoever needed to hear it. Because then maybe you probably wouldn't have gotten so much backlash. I mean, well... I take that back. Maybe, maybe they probably would have, regardless. But either way, you got to remember that the microphone is on, the camera's on. So you really got to what? You really got to mind your p's and q's, or else you you could incriminate yourself and not even know it. What took place? And ahead of these latest developments, Oakley parents say that they were planning on protesting later on today. And while they say they are pleased with the resignations, a group says they will still be out there today demanding in-person learning five days a week, as well as a return of youth and sports activities. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, look, the natives are getting restless, ladies and gentlemen. The natives are getting restless. And I saw this article the other day where... There was a doctor from John Hopkins who said that the coronavirus could be done by April. Hold on a second now there, cowboy. I mean, I want this thing to be done as much as the next guy, but you say April of this year. I don't know. I I, 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 I think you're raising the bar there, man. I think maybe, well, let's listen to this guy. Former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who's joining us from Westport, Connecticut. He sits on the boards of Illumina and Pfizer. Dr. Gottlieb, jumping into the fire again. Um, I want to ask you, the numbers, frankly, look good in terms of the infection rate going down, but we are about to cross this morbid uh, milestone of half a million Americans dead. And we already have crossed that milestone, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, I, saw, and I saw this article where Joe Biden has ordered the flags be at half mast. And I read that. I'm like, what exactly is that going to accomplish? I mean, other than showing solidarity, what else is that going to, I mean, what, what, what is that going to accomplish? Where are we in this? Um, and should we be optimistic given the infection decline? That is a good question. Is there truly a light at the end of the tunnel? Because that light at the end of the tunnel could be an oncoming train. I'm kidding. 
Look, this has taken a tragic toll on the United States, but we should be optimistic, in my view. I think we're going to continue to see infection rates decline into the spring and the summer. Um, right now, they're falling quite dramatically. I think these trends are likely to continue. The new variants do create new risk. I think B117 creates some risk that we could see a resurgence of infection in certain parts of the country and higher prevalence overall in the spring and the summer than we might have seen with. Uh, well, I mean, first he says that he's optimistic, but then in the next sentence, he's saying all this stuff. Now, he's saying could, but he's not saying it's going to happen. But, I mean, at least he's being, at least out of all of the people I've heard talk about this coronavirus, he seems to be the most, I guess, realistic out of all of them. Because whenever, because whenever Anthony Fauci talks, I just, I, I tune him out. But... This guy, he, he, he seems a little bit more realistic. I mean, we're not out of the woods, believe me, but let's, let's listen a little bit more as to what he has to say about this. Out this train, but it's not going to be enough to reverse these trends at this point. I think it's too little too late in most parts of the country um, with rising vaccination rates and also the fact that we've infected about a third of the public. That's enough protective immunity that we're likely to see these trends continue. The risk is really to the fall. And one last point, if you look at the counties in New York and New Jersey that had greater than 45% seroprevalence, meaning that 40, more than 45% of the population was infected going into the winter, they really didn't have much of a winter surge. So once you get to about 40% of the population with some form of protective immunity, you don't have herd immunity, meaning that this mm-hmm. won't transfer at all. It will continue to transfer, but it will transfer at a much slower rate. And that's what we have right now around the country. Well, well, I mean, okay. I mean, okay. Well, let, 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 let's try and be realistic about this. I mean, it's a virus. I mean, I mean, the flu is also a virus. I mean, you hear about that every dang year. I mean, I think... Yes, unfortunately, we are going to have to hear the word coronavirus for the rest of our existence. It's just, unfortunately, the nature of the beast. And there are probably going to be some people who will probably not drop the mask mandate in regards to, like, themselves and and their families. And they're going to have hand sanitizer everywhere. And they basically, well, well, there, there is that possibility. And I do not know when we will officially be able to go out into a public setting without having to look like a half-assed Halloween costume. I don't know how much longer we're going to have to do that, but if we have to do that until the vaccine has been proven to be effective and we hear less and less... We're just going to have to sit through this in regards to the duration, ladies and gentlemen. That is just the way that I see it. Now, I could be totally wrong about this. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not, uh, I'm, I, I don't have any medical degrees of the sort. I'm just going by what I've gathered over the past, however, you know, anyway, continuing. Can you reach herd immunity without vaccinating children since they make up a quarter of the population? No, you can't, but I don't really think we're ever going to reach true herd immunity. This isn't going to be like measles or smallpox where it just sort of goes away. COVID- no, 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 not at all, not at all, because, you know, measles, okay, 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 smallpox, eradicated, uh, you know, uh, measles, eradicated, bumps, polio, gone, gone. But again, this is a, you know, as I said earlier, it's a virus, and viruses hang around for a very long time. Yeah, you can get rid of the virus, but... That doesn't mean it's not going to come back. I mean, look at chickenpox. Chickenpox is a virus 
I had chicken pox when I was a year and a half, and my mom says it was a real bad case. But at least I got it when I was young, because I've heard that the older you get, and if you get chicken pox, it could be fatal. Continuing. It's going to continue to circulate at a low level. Um, hopefully, we'll continue to vaccinate the vulnerable population so we'll protect them from hospitalizations or severe illness and dying from this. But this is going to continue to spread. And I think as we get into the fall, we need to be prepared that those new variants, the uh, B- P1 and the B1351, the South African and the Brazilian variant, could become more prevalent here in the United States. And that's why you see the manufacturers, the vaccine manufacturers, including Pfizer, the company I'm on the board of, trying to re-engineer those vaccines and develop boosters that cover those new variants. We have time to work this out. You see the CDC investing a lot of resources in sequencing to try to uncover these new variants. So we do have time. I think we're going to have the spring and the summer to work this out and prepare much better for the fall. Mm-hmm. Will high schoolers be vaccinated by the fall? Will elementary school children? I mean, when do they get the shot? Yeah, I think it's possible that this vaccine gets moved into the high school age population in the fall. And that really should be the goal because we've seen the spread happen more in the high schools than the elementary schools. Wait, wait, wait a second. Hang on a second. Now. Hang on a second. Now. So you're trying to, okay, well, hang on a second. So let me get this straight. You're trying to tell me that the, it's, it's spreading more in the high schools than in the elementary schools. But what about the whole distance? Uh, uh, but, but what about the whole, uh, distant learning thing? What about that? You know, what about that? How, how exactly is it spreading in the high schools? If, if almost every, if, if a lot of schools are still doing the distant learning thing, how does that work? I mean, like, you know, and like, what, what's, what's, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's that, you know, what's that going to be like, you know, is that going to, you know, is that going to be like a new hazing or like a new really sick prank in the high schools? Kids walking around with little needles and going like, hey, man, guess which one has the coronavirus in it, man? Stick. You know, I mean, there's a possibility that could happen. Now, I'm not advocating that it happens, believe me, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's going to be one kid in, like, wherever, who's going to bring a hypodermic, you know, hypodermic needle to school, and he's going to go around, and he's going to say to all of his classmates, hey, man, this, this, this hypodermic needle has the coronavirus in it. Dare you to get your finger pricked. It's, it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. And we know that high, schools pro- high school students are probably at equivalent risk in terms of contracting this and spreading the infection. There's less risk in the grade school age children. I don't believe that this vaccine is going to get moved to 12 and under heading into the fall. Um, the studies are underway right now looking at that. Uh, it may be a question of trying to reform. Well, OK, now, if that's the case, then what's going to happen to what's going to happen to the kids who are 12 and under? Are they just going to have to live with people who have received the vaccine so that they don't get it themselves i mean what 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 exactly are they going to have to do i don't know the vaccines at a lower dose for younger kids because they develop a more robust immune response from the vaccine. What's likely to happen is maybe it's not licensed for 12 and under, but we have it available if we have to put it in that age population if, in fact, we run into trouble. But I think uh, students are likely to start school without being vaccinated for 12 and under, and maybe in the high schools we introduce the vaccine. All right, but I mean, I mean, I'm almost like everybody else at this point. I mean... I just want what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for this whole thing to just you know, just wrap up so that we're able to just 
move on with our lives because we have a lot of this happening and it's it's very it's very upsetting in regards to the news cycle because that seems to be all you hear about in the news coronavirus coronavirus vaccine 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 it's all you hear and i wonder when is the cycle going to be broken when are we going to be able to return to the regular news of the day when are we going to return to say you know guy in the run from the cops uh man charged with arson uh Local senator embroiled in sex scandal. And then for the and then and then in the last five minutes of the news, story of a roller skating monkey who has been known to help out children in the community. He's a therapy monkey. Or whatever, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But this now, this story really upset me, and I have something from the archives. It's from August sixteenth of twenty nineteen. It was a time when, well, well, I'll tell you about this new story, then I'll go to this old one. So back in March of 2020, there was a story, Rochester, New York, about a guy named Daniel Pruitt, who was 41 years old. Daniel Pruitt was suffering from a severe mental episode. He had a severe mental health issue. His brother called the police And said to them, hey, listen, my brother Daniel is having a severe mental episode. Please send help. I don't know what he's going to do. And the cops did not do their job properly. They used excessive force and they killed him. Now, come to find out, the New York general attorney has decided not to prosecute, not to file charges against the police officers who killed this man. And it mirrors something that happened in, well, this initially happened in August of 2018, but I discovered it in 2019 uh, because uh, there was an update in regards to it. And the update was that the family was suing this police department as they should, and it, it's it's still pending in the courts. It was filed in the courts in September of that year. And it involves the Orangeburg, South Carolina uh, Emergency Medical Services, the Orangeburg, South Carolina Police Department. And after this, I'm going to give you what I believe should be the charge. This is from August 16, 2019. This is an episode that I did solo because uh, I could not, get, for that night, for some reason, I could not get on any of the affiliates come to find out that I accidentally set the computer in airplane mode operator error. I had no idea how I did that. I still have no idea how I did that to this day, but still I was very, very fired up that evening because not being on the air really bums me out, but I think I've gotten a little bit better about it, but that night I was just very fired up over not only that, but just being stressed out and having to deal with fools on social media. I couldn't take it anymore. So this is this is the time when I talked about 
when South Carolina police officers took the life of a mentally ill person. And you know something? I've hung out with people who are considered to be quote-unquote mentally ill, who have had mental illnesses. I know people who have been in mental institutions. My dad worked in a mental institution. And you know what? The people who are labeled as mentally ill or have some sort of mental illness, they're actually smarter than you think. Because you often hear the phrase, the crazy person is right. Well, nine times out of ten, you may think they're crazy, but they're onto something. They see something that we don't. Anyway, I want to play this, and then uh, and then I got to say a couple more things, and then I uh, got to wrap it up. All right, here it is from the archives, August sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, where uh, I talk about uh, some really upsetting news out of South Carolina. Here you go. And this is the kind of man I am. I am a man. I am a passionate man. Damn it. Here you go. This is an example of how one town in South Carolina treated a mentally ill citizen. It's been a year of crippling emotion for Cindy and Paul Tarashuk. A year since the death of their 26-year-old son, also named Paul. It's still not easy to talk about, is it? No, it's talking about him gets me really upset. Talking about this stuff gets me angry. Paul Tarashuk had schizoaffective disorder, suffering delusions and hallucinations. But he was getting on with his life until one night last September when he had a psychotic breakdown traveling along this highway near Orangeburg, South Carolina. I stopped a few exits back. Parked for a roadside break, a trucker suddenly saw Tarashuk walking toward him. He comes running up in my headlights at me. Naked man freaks me out. I take off. As the trucker drove down the interstate. Well, I would think so. I mean, a naked guy running at you, to, you know, run at you near a near a vehicle. Yeah, I'd kind of freak out a little bit. You know what that guy's capable of? You know how tall that dude is? Guy could be six foot three, two forty. Big guy running at you. Hell no, man. Go away, man. Go some other direction, man. He realized Tarashuk was riding on his rig. Uh-oh. And called 911. Can you come on down? Come on down. Officers from three different law enforcement agencies responded, including Orangeburg County Sheriff's Deputy Clifford Dorowski. Remember this name because this right here is the name of the devil. This right this right here is the name of the guy whose blood I'm not sure if the blood is still in his hands, but he's indirectly responsible for causing this individual's death. Oh, he's under the influence. Nobody can see that. Who was certain Tarashuk was high or drunk. He just takes one look at him and just automatically thinks, hey, he's on something. But you look at the guy's eyes and just automatically think, well, he must be looking crazy, so he's got to be on something. It's not always like that, man. They don't check your vitals. Dorowski's body camera recorded what happened when EMS arrived. Do you speak English? Tarashuk didn't answer the first responders, who were berating and cursing at him. I'm being serious. I'm sleepy. Give me a damn name so I can go home for real. Well, this is really unprofessional if they're acting like this. 
This is unprofessional on their part. It's unprofessional on this Clifford Dorowski guy. It's unprofessional. It's it's unprofessional all around. So they shoved an ammonia capsule up his nose. Oh, jeez. And that's not excessive force. Breathe that in. He didn't flinch. He didn't even notice. Got to even know. Got to know because he was having a psychotic episode. So there, I mean, at that point, someone should have stepped up and says, we got to take him in someplace. He's not just someone to, to let go. Do you want to go to the hospital? Yes or no? Do you want to go to jail? Come on, I'm going to give you a ride. As troubling as it is to watch how the ambulance crew treats Paul Tereshuk during the call, it's even more disturbing to watch the sheriff's deputy after. You're not going to jail. You're not under arrest. I'm going to give you a ride. Give you a ride to a safe environment. That's all I want. I want to make sure you're all right. The deputy puts Tereshuk into his cruiser. He's the devil. Drives him 15 miles to this gas station near the county line. A gas station that was closed at the time. Closed gas station, abandoning the guy. This is the last time Paul Tereshuk is seen alive. You hear people saying we need to do better with the mentally ill. Well, here's an example right here. Look at the way that our own citizens are treating those who have mental issues. We're not treating them the right way. Clifford Dorowski, he doesn't care about them. Says he does. Takes an oath. Says he's going to take care of them. He basically led this guy to his death. He dumped him on the side of the road and said, all right, have a nice time. He didn't drop him off at like, so like an Atascadero or a Bellevue or anything like that. Well, you don't have that down there in South Carolina. They have some sort of a mental ward in South Carolina. But this guy, I guess he probably figured, well, I don't want to burn up all this gas. I don't want to do this, that, and the other. I'll just drop his crazy ass off by the gas station, and we'll see how that's going to transpire. No shoes, no phone, no idea where he is. He basically handed the guy a death sentence right there when he dropped him off at the gas station that's closed, and the poor guy's just walking around with nothing. It's just watching him walk to his death. He was escorted by an officer to his death. I think I just hit a person on the interstate. Um, Nearly five hours later, the same EMS crew was called to deal with Tarashuk again. Back on the same highway. This time, he was dead. A toxicology report from the Orangeburg County Coroner's Office came up clean. No drugs, no alcohol. I do not see how... This fatal error that was caused by him. I don't know how he's still on the force. We're supposed to be doing more for people, but we're doing less for people. Despite this, Deputy Clifford Dorowski is still on the job at the Orangeburg County Sheriff's Department. He must have pictures of someone. That's just my opinion, folks. And so is one of the EMTs. We ourselves even more than we already are. We don't. We don't. We don't want to look like the bad guys already. Not like we already didn't by leading this poor guy to his death. Well, you kind of already did, and you're really fucked up. Now you're in big trouble. Now you guys are fucked. Citing an ongoing investigation. They just didn't do their job. They there didn't care enough about human life to do their job. There you go. They didn't have the compassion. They had no compassion. None. Lawrence Ross Show. And going on that story, I don't know about you, but I think Clifford Dorowski, I think he should be charged with involuntary manslaughter. I don't know if that's the appropriate charge, but he definitely, definitely 
should at least be charged with something. Because that just speaks to the disgusting mentality that people have. That they look at somebody for half a second and they automatically just go, oh, he's crazy. Or, oh, he's got to be on something. And they don't even give it a second thought. They probably had to have a lot of egg on their faces when the toxicology report came back. They had to have had that. They just had to have. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. Well, let's, let's, all right. Let's see what else do I got. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to have to wait to get to the George Washington stuff. I, 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 I know I've been teasing it, but I just won't have time to get to it this week. <laughs> but uh, let's see. What's this here? Okay. Let's see that. Okay. Close out of that. Close out of that. Save that for next week. Save that for next week. Definitely keep that in the archives. Okay, good. All right. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for me. This has been the Lawrence Ross Show on RazRadioLive.com and RadioChaos.net. And just uh, want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you to uh, James Farah. Hope you enjoy your T-shirt, man. Hope you wear it with pride. Can't wait to see you on Facebook showing it off and telling people, hey, man, this is where you get it. And uh, just uh, thank you, everybody, for, as I say, thanks, everybody, for checking out the show. Uh, so just uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, yeah, so just, oh, wait, oh, just, just got a text. Oh, oh, I just got a text from Jim. And Jim says, great show. Thank you very much, Jim. Glad you enjoy it, man. Hope you tell all your friends. And uh, just, again, thank you, everybody, for listening and uh, had a great time tonight. And next week is going to be fun. I'm pretty sure of it. So just uh, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. Anyway, I'm Lawrence Ross. And remember, keep your eyes open and watch out for the walls. Have a good night. I'm going to leave you now with a cut from Dennis Leary's 1993 album, No Cure for Cancer, where he talks about death. And at the end of the bit, he talks about Jim Henson's funeral. And, uh, and I'm playing that because of the disclaimer that the Muppets now carries, which, as I expressed early, I think is complete bullshit. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, rele- it's relevant. And, uh, well, I will see you all next week. Bye, everybody. Take care. Be good to each other. Do good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. I'm sick and tired of my generation getting blamed for the state of the planet. I'm sick of my generation getting called the TV generation. Well, all you guys do is watch TV. What'd you expect? We watched Lee Harvey Oswald get shot live on TV one Sunday morning. We were afraid to change the fucking channel for the next 30 years. This show sucks. Yeah, but somebody might get shot during the commercial now. Hang on. That's what's wrong in this country. We always shoot the wrong guys. We shoot JFK. We shoot RFK. It comes to Teddy. We go, ah, leave him alone. He'll fuck it up himself. No problem, you know? Biggest target in the whole goddamn Kennedy family. Nobody takes a shot at me. Weighs about 7,000 pounds. You could shoot a bullet in Los Angeles and hit him in the ass and 
Boston five minutes later. He'd be standing on the lawn at the Kennedy compound going, oh, there's a bullet in my ass. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Ted Kennedy, good senator, but a bad date. You know what I'm saying, folks? One of those guys gets home around four o'clock in the morning and goes, what did I forget? Oh, the fucking girl. What's the matter with me? Jesus, where are my pants? Holy shit. Because I'll tell you, folks, we got a real problem with guns in this country. We have people snapping almost twice, three, four, five times a year, right? People just snap. They can't take it anymore. They snap. They go into McDonald's and kill 15 people. Huh? I mean, what the fuck is going on down at the post office? Every six months, some guy gets fired, comes back, and kills all his co-workers. If I worked at the post office as a supervisor, I wouldn't lay anybody off the next 25 fucking years. I'd just walk around going, Hanrahan, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, keep it up. You're doing a great job. Jesus. I'll tell you. And I am sick and tired of New York taking the blame in this country for the crime problem. You know, whenever you read a fat chart, it always says Detroit leads the world in rape and murder and everything else, but New York takes the blame. New York's a cesspool. It's a cesspool of filth and crime. We're moving. Hey. I just moved here four years ago and I'm not leaving because this is the most exciting place in the world to live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are so many ways to die in New York City. Come on. Race riots, drive-by shootings, subway crashes, construction cranes collapsing on the sidewalks, manhole covers blowing up, and asbestos shooting into the sky. We had a subway crash here a couple years ago. Five people died. The next day they found out the driver was drunk and hooked on crack. Folks, this makes Disneyland look like a fucking bike ride, doesn't it? Your driver today is Edward. He's drunk and hooked on crack. The man sitting next to you has a loaded 9mm. Good luck, folks. Honey, get the camera out. This is going to be fucking great. Yeah. I love living in New York, man. And people who live in New York, we wear that fact like a badge right in our sleeve because we know that fact impresses everybody. I was in Vietnam. So what? I live in New York. Really? Yeah, because New York teaches you to live life the way it should be lived. Moment to moment. Yes. Because every moment in New York could be your last. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could be walking down the street tomorrow feeling good about yourself. Drink free, drug free, looking forward to the future. And somebody accidentally nudges their poodle off a 75th floor ledge. Poink. And he's headed for the ground at 175,000 miles per hour. And kerchunk, he's embedded in your head. You're dead on contact. The headline in the post the next day reads, man killed by best friend. People cut the article out and they laugh about it at the office and you're forever remembered as the Poodle Man. I knew the Poodle Man and he hated fucking poodles. New York teaches you to live life moment to moment and street to street and beat to beat. Because we've all played that street to street game in New York, haven't we? Yes, we have. Good block, bad block. Good block, bad block. Gun block, crack block. Asbestos block. Poodle block, poodle block. Because most people think life sucks and then you die. I disagree. I think life sucks, then you get cancer. Then you go into chemotherapy, you lose all your hair, you feel bad about yourself. Then all of a sudden the cancer goes into remission, you come out, you look good, you feel good, you're going great. All of a sudden you have a stroke, you can't move your right side. And one day you step off the curb at 68th by Lincoln Center and bang, you get hit by a bus and then maybe you die. Because I think Jim Henson said it best when he said... Anybody got any aspirin? I think I got a cold. And a chill filled the room. 
We all have this incredible attachment to the Muppets, don't we? We love the Muppets! They're so cute! Did you hear about Jim Henson's funeral here in New York City? Huh? Huh? Kermit the Frog and Big Bird saying it's not easy being green at Jim Henson's funeral. If I'm 56 years old when I kick the bucket and a fucking sock is singing at my funeral, I'm going to pop out of that coffin and go, hey, what the hell is this about? Sammy Davis Jr. gets Frank Sinatra, I get a fucking sock, I'm pissed off now. You are the motherfucking Antichrist. You've been listening to The Lawrence Ross Show. Email the show, blindlawrence at gmail.com. There's a letter in your mailbox. Follow him on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all ending in forward slash blindlawrence. Be careful of the fucking wall! Check out his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash lross1987. I'll send your shiny happy ass a friend request. Rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes, or follow the show on Spotify. I search Lawrence Ross. Get out and take your Sacagawea dollars with you. This week's edition of the Lawrence Ross Show has just hit the brakes. Keep your ugly fucking gold bricking ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. Everybody I know does. Shut up! And baba booey to y'all.